Father, we thank you for the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Thank you for his death, burial, and resurrection. Thank you for this beautiful Lord's Day. God, we thank you for our youth choir. We pray that you would send your word to change our attitudes, that we may be like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, amen. Church, amen again. Let's give our youth some hand claps. Come on. Come on. Give them some love. Give them some love. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise his name. Then I want to thank publicly Kent. Thank you, Kent. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 Ken only can work with what we give him. Praise the Lord. Do a great job, man. Praise the Lord. Amen. This morning, this morning, this morning, we're going to cover another attitude. Amen. Doubting leads to pouting. Doubting leads to pouting. How to change a doubting spirit. This morning we'll find ourselves in St. John chapter 20. I'd like you to turn there in your Bible. St. John chapter 20, beginning at the 19th verse. St. John chapter 20, verse 19. When you get it, say amen. amen. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, Sunday, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and saith unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them, and whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, which means twin, was not with them when Jesus came. And the other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I shall see in his hands the print of nails, and put my finger into the print of nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. Many times our lives tend to fit 
the pattern of someone else's personality in the Bible. The disciples of Jesus Christ was known by their respective patterns. Peter had faith and failure. Peter was impetuous, impulsive, always moving, talking without thinking. But when Peter was matured and converted, he preached in Acts and 8,000 souls came to Christ. History says that when Peter, when it was time for Peter to die, he told the Romans that he was not worthy to be crucified like his Christ, to turn him upside down on the cross. We see James and John, the other two that made up this inner circle of disciples. These were sons of Zebedee. They were temperamental young men full of anger. And in the process of time, the Holy Spirit made John an apostle of love. He wrote five significant books in the New Testament. We call them the Johannine books and epistles. He wrote St. John, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, and the book of the Revelation. James, in Acts 12, was martyred, murdered, beaten with clubs, and thrown off of the temple walls. And then there was Andrew, Peter's brother, who displayed an outspoken, very fruitful spirit and always was interested in introducing people to Jesus. In fact, it was Andrew who introduced Peter to Jesus. But when we come to Thomas, Thomas was doubtful. And Thomas took on this phrase known as doubting Thomas. All right. He didn't doubt God because he was unbelieving. He didn't doubt God because he was frustrated or discouraged. He doubted God from his perspective of intellectualism. That when we come to Thomas, we see aspects of his personality that are very, very peculiar. Loyal, ready to defend. In fact, history says that while these disciples were hidden away in this upper room, waiting on the resurrected Christ to show up, Thomas was probably in the street saying, here I go, come and get it. I'm not hiding. And history says that Thomas was going to India to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And these people in India said, do not preach in that name and you're preaching too loud. And Thomas preached louder 
until he was stuck in the back with a spear and killed. He died for his Lord. There is a fundamental difference between unbelief and doubting. Unbelief is the refusal to believe God. But doubting by definition, listen to this, is an unsettled opinion about the certainty of something. My God. Let that seep in. It is an unsettled opinion about the certainty of something. Hmm. And when we understand the difference between unbelief and doubting, we can be a believer who believes, but at certain junctures, when it comes to the specificity of something certain, we have an uncertain reply. And we begin to doubt. Faith is believing the word of God. Faith is believing the God of the word. And faith says God will, amen, and my results in my favor. So when we begin to look at this matter of doubting, and I, I, I believe all of us at some juncture have doubted God. All of us have fallen prey to a doubtful spirit. I want to suggest something here as we put this story together because Thomas, and I don't need you to turn, I'm trying to give you the information as expeditiously as possible. Thomas appears in three significant texts just in the book of St. John. In John chapter 11, when Lazarus had died, Jesus turns to his disciples and said, Lazarus is dead. And Thomas says, well, let's go to Bethany so we can die with him. That doesn't sound like a chunk to me. That sounds like somebody that's committed. In John chapter 14, when Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled, when he was consoling his disciples on his soon departure, Jesus, Thomas said to Jesus, well, where are you going? We don't know where you're going. How shall we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then here in chapter 20, in our text, Thomas is not with the disciples when Jesus, post-resurrection, after his resurrection, still has nail prints in his hands and has a hole in his side where the Romans thrusted a spear and water and blood came out before they took him down off the cross. They're up in the upper room. They're in a room hiding from the officials and all of a sudden, Jesus, in his 
glorified body walks through the walls and says, peace be unto you. And breathes on them and says, receive ye the Holy Ghost. Well, let me stop starting part because I'm a stickler for doctrine. These disciples were saved. So he's not saving them at this, at this point. And we know that no believer were, was indwelt with the Holy Spirit into Acts chapter 2. So when Jesus breathed on them, he was simply saying, my presence, my person, my paraclete, and my power is all here. All right. Are you getting me? And I want to say something to you and apply it to me as well. Once we lose sight of his person, his presence, his power, and his paraclete, we'll start doubting. But the Bible says that Thomas, verse 24, was not with them Hallelujah. So Jesus comes back eight days later, walks through the walls again. This time, Thomas is with him. And Jesus says, Thomas, come here. Verse 26. And look what Jesus says to Thomas. He didn't rebuke him. He didn't chasten him. He says, Thomas, reach your finger and put him in my nail prints. And then take your hand and thrust it in a hole in my side. The Bible never says that Thomas did that. Rather, Thomas said, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said to Thomas, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are them that have never seen me. And yet... Believe, Lord have mercy. Can I get a witness? And I didn't mention this this morning, but since we in this critical 20, 20th chapter, amen, then he, he made it worse, man. Then, then he said in verse 31, but these are written. Let's go up to verse 30. Many other Signs truly did Jesus do in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in the book. You, you got to get this. He did a whole lot of stuff that's not in the Bible. Je Jesus performed a whole lot of miracles that are not recorded. But look what it says in verse 31. But these are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. Here's what Jesus is saying. I've done just enough to, to, to save you to heaven. I've done just enough to persuade your wicked hearts of who I am. I've done just enough to get you on board with my lordship. Just, 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 just enough. See, I don't need no proof. I don't need no miracles. I know who he is. 
I know in whom I believe and I know that he's able. I want to suggest, again, we're taking excerpts from a great book by James McDonald, Barbara Peel, Lord, change my attitude. Replace my doubting spirit with certainty. When is it that we start doubting God? Well, I want to suggest first that a doubtful spirit is a skepticism within us due to a faulty perception. What do you mean by that? Let me, let me, listen, listen, listen to me. When I start doubting, it's because, listen, there is a skepticism that's created because of how I perceive things. Are you getting this? Has nothing to do with your family, your roots, your husband, your wife, your pastor. It's in you. It's how you see things. Can I get a witness? And, 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 and child of God, when we begin to look at this matter of how we see things, it's interesting because the reason a lot of us have doubtful spirits is because, listen, we can look at the same thing and you see the obstacles, but you can't see the outcome. All right. You see the conflict, but you can't see the confidence. Are you getting this? Turn to Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13. And you get to say amen. Praise Jesus. Then hold your finger there and turn back to your right to Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you're a true Bible student, you compare scripture with scripture to get truth. Do I have a witness? Now, in Numbers chapter 13, and it tells us, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, and I will give unto the children of Israel of every tribe, 12 tribes, from verses 5 to, amen, verse 15. And the interesting thing is that he sends them out on what we call a reconnaissance report. He sends out 12 spies, one from each tribe. Are you with me? And as they get out into the promised land, and the, the promised land is not heaven, the promised land is Palestine, the promised land is a land that's fertile, flowing with milk and honey, that's a, amen, description of the goodness of the land, but the word promised land denotes battles and blessings. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And many times in our lives, before the promises are actualized in our lives, we got to go through some battles before we get to the blessings. Do I have a witness? And, 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 and is here in verse 27, chapter 13, and they told him, I'm sorry, verse 26, they, they came to Moses and came to Kadesh and 
Here's the report. And they told him and said, verse 27, We came into the land where you send us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, fertility, and there's fruit in it, clusters of fruit, big fruit, ripe fruit. Nevertheless, the people are strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled and very great. Moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. These are nine-foot giants. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and Jebusites and Amorites in the mountains, Canaanites dwell by the sea. But look at Caleb in verse 30. And Caleb still the people, told them to be quiet, and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. How can two people look at the same thing and come away with different reports? How can you look at your bad marriage and I look at my bad marriage and I'm praising God that he's going to fix mine but you are already determined that there's no fixing of yours. How are you going to look at the same thing and come away with an evil report? I'll tell you why. One is looking through faith. One is looking through fear. It's a perception. Now, <laughs> Look at verse 31. But after Caleb and Joshua spoke, but the men that went up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel. And verse 33, there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants, now watch how their perception boomerangs back to their person and we were in our own sight like grasshoppers. Listen to this, as we were in their sight. Let me say this to you. Your perception of yourself is contagious to others that don't even know you. If you doom yourself, others will doom you. If you have no confidence in your God or yourself, others will have no confidence in you. One, one of the things I learned years ago, in fact, I, I, I came out of the military, I was in the government, and they was, we, we were talking about hiring practices. And we were talking about interview practices. And one, and one of the things that we were told when you go on a job for an interview, not only to dress appropriately, look the person in the eye and, and, and shake his hand with some, some kind of uh, power and keep your eyes on him, but ultimately somewhere in that conversation of interview, you are to tell that employer why his company would benefit from hiring you. Am I right? If I'm, if I'm the employer and you say to me, uh, uh, Mr. Gordon, this is why you ought to hire me. 
because I'm going to bring this to your, that impresses me. That tells me a lot about the individual himself. Can I get a witness? That I'm not here from nine to five to get a paycheck. I'm here to bring something to this corporation. Do I have a witness? Amen. And, and, and child of God, child of God, child of God, that then they said we were in our own sight. The first problem with people is not what I think about you, it's what you think about yourself. That's right, that's right. Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. And I've been on a fearful side. And I've been on the faithful side. Years ago, I was in elementary school. My oldest brother told me to fight this boy. Boy, boy was bullying me. Fight him. That's easy for you to say. I ain't fighting this. This boy was, this boy was big, lumpy, and fat. And I said, I ain't fighting that boy. Fighting. I was scared, Bruce. I'm the one gonna get hit. I can't beat this boy. I don't know if that ever happened to you before, but it's easy. See, you can't listen to the crowd. The crowd will get you hurt. <laughs> crowd tell me, go ahead. I got your back. Go for it. in situations where fear took over and our perception was faulty and skepticism came in I, I don't know if I can do this are you praying with me and see one thing I like about Joshua wait a minute this is Moses the mistakes Moses made as leader Joshua said I'm not going to make them See, Moses sent out a reconnaissance and told them, bring the report back to the whole congregation. When the report came back to the whole congregation, their negative report made the congregation negative. Their negative report made the congregation depressed. So the whole nation was affected. When Joshua sent out spies, he said, you come back to me. Can I get a witness? Yeah. And a good pastor never discusses everything in front of everybody. You know why? Because you can't handle it. I need to preach at the clock now. Can I get a witness? Some of us are barely saved. Can I get a witness? We can't share everything with everybody. You'll never understand it. You'll never understand it from a spiritual perspective. You'll never understand it from a psychological perspective. It's too much for you. Can I get a witness? Come on, I'm preaching to somebody up in here. So if you want pastor, you got to know what to say and what not to say. You come here on Sunday morning, as long as the lights is on, the air's working, can I get a witness? And there's parking spaces outside, we all right. You don't need to know everything. Can I get a witness? That's another sermon for another day. Check it out. Go, go to Deuteronomy chapter 1 real quick. Don't miss this. Verse 8. This is God talking through Moses. Behold, I have set. 
like setting a bone that's broken in place. I have set the land before you. Go in, possess the land which I swore to give your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give to them and to their seed after them. God never mentioned anything about enemies. God said, it's yours, just go in. Are you getting this? See, the first reason we doubt is because we, 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 we build up this skepticism because of a faulty perception. I remember when I used to play organized baseball. And listen, it was always, and you don't hear this on TV, you don't hear football, you don't hear basketball, you don't hear baseball on TV. Them guys be talking smack out there, man. They said Michael Jordan was the biggest smack talker in the world. Michael Jordan came down to court one time with the ball and the guy tried to stop him. Michael said, you can't stop me, nor can your mother. I came up to the plate, the Batman, and the pitcher said, look at this chump, he ain't gonna do nothing. Ball throwing 90-something miles an hour. And I just stood there, I looked at the pitcher and said, That ball pitched me a 90-mile-an-hour fastball, belt high inside, kissed it, man. <laughs> and you know, when, when I hit the ball, I knew it was gone. So when you hit the ball and you know it's gone, you carry the bat halfway up the first base. Then you flip it. Y'all ain't playing with me. See, child of God. Can't do that no more, but look at this. I can't hit a 20 mile an hour fastball now. But, 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 but look, check it out, check it out, check it out. What causes me to doubt is I can't be certain about uncertainty. And because I have a faulty, inbuilt perception that's been built over the years on fear, skepticism comes out. I'm not talking about pride and being cocky and knowing everything. I'm not talking about that. That's the opposite extreme. Bruce, you know what I'm talking about. You're a counselor. I'm talking about that, listen to this, I begin to see the obstacles that are in my way and not by faith, the outcome. Do you know in pastoring this church, I had officers look at me and say, you out of your mind. Because visionaries can't get caught up on obstacles. Either God told us or he didn't. Do I have a witness? And let me tell you something else about a visionary and I hope pastors are watching this, you cannot wait till the congregation catch the vision. You'll be there 25 years waiting on folk to catch a vision. They ain't even got a vision for their life. Can I get a witness? See, child of God, I learned a long time ago, all I got to do is study a personality, and I can tell you just how far they're going to go. Talk about, I want to start my own business. No, baby, you ain't got the personality for that. You, ain't got the, you, don't, you don't have the mindset for that, baby. 
because a person that gets out there, quits their job, starts their own business, they've got to have a commitment and a stick to and a determination. They, they got to know they're going to make it. Are you praying with me? Pastor talking about planting churches. No, you ain't got the personality. You can't go play golf three, three times a week and have fellowship lunches and come on now, go to the movies. No, when you plant a church, you got to be due diligent. You, you got to go door to door. Excuse me, honey. Uh, do you mind your kids coming to our Sunday school? You got to grow the church. Yes, sir. You got to plant seeds. You got to water it. You got to put sunshine. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Years ago, I used to tell people about if, if you need a job, make a job. Amen. Well, how do I do that? Easy. You got to swallow your pride. I'll clean your house thoroughly once a month for $100. You say, well, what's that? This, this is my business plan. I will clean every room in your house. I will mop. I will wax. I will thoroughly clean da -da 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 for $100 a month. You say, well, that ain't no money. Yes, it is when I get, when I get 35 houses. Yeah. Are you getting this? Come on, man. So now I... Can I clean your house just once a month? So Kent says, yes, I got Kent Holmes. Beeman, can I clean? Yes, that's two. Bruce, three. And when I keep adding them houses up, I'm going to make more in a month than some of you CEOs will. But you got to work. You can't be calling in on a Saturday talking about I got a headache when I'm looking to get my house clean. I'm going to preach. Yeah. We want money to come to us. We want to go to the money. Yeah. Then when you get the money, you don't want to tie to God, so God kills the business anyhow. So that's a whole nother story. And the fact of the matter is, all I need to fail is a faulty perception that brings up skepticism within myself. I'm going to make it. Come hell or high water, I'm going to make it. I'm gonna, I just got laid off, but it's fine. I'm going to make it. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to make it. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You, you, you got to have the wherewithal. You can't be sitting up there talking about, and I was in my own sight like a grasshopper. I'm a failure. I'm frustrated. I need to get on welfare. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Let me talk to pastor to see if he's going to take up an offer. Nope. If you lost your job this morning, this morning, your job is gone. Can you make it by next month? Can I get a witness? And the answer ought to be yes. Because I can do all things. Through Christ, who keeps on strengthening me. So if you want your house clean, see me after. <laughs> Check it out. Look at the second reason I believe we get doubtful spirits. Not only a skepticism from a faulty perception, and that faulty perception we can talk about for a month. As a man thinketh, so is he. 
some of this, listen, 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 I don't want to belabor this point. You are not going to go any further than the barriers of your mindset allow you. You got to break that. You got to break it. You got to break out and listen. Because my second point is equally explosive. A doubtful spirit is not only a skepticism of a faulty perception, but it's a separation from the fragmented pain that we carry. There is a connection between your pain and your doubting. Uh-oh. Your pain, and, and let, me, let me say it, I said it this morning, your pain. All of us got pain, don't we? Amen. All of us have slept with pain, lived with pain, Amen. ate with pain, yeah. worked with pain, yeah. worshiped with pain. Yeah. We all got pain, don't we? Yeah. Until you take onus for your pain and accept your pain and stop trying to put your pain on somebody else. You know why I'm like this? My husband did me wrong. I'm sick of that. <laughs> Don't nobody else control your thinking. You may have been hurt. You may have been raped. You may have been abused. You may have been used. But here's when you're going to get out of pain when you take on this for it. My pain belongs to me. I accept it. I'm willing to live with it. And I'm going to give it to Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? Oh, Lord, have mercy. This one's tight. This one's tight. Mm. Always trying to blame our pain on somebody else. Are you the reason I'm not happy? So my question would be, well, who did you blame before you met me? Because you're just a painful person. Are you praying with me? How many of y'all have pain in your life? Raise your hand. Pain, pain. All right. Put your hand there. Put your hand there. All right. Now put your hands there. Now here's the next question. What did you do with your pain? Where did your pain go? Who did you blame your pain on? Because until all roads come back to you, you're never liberated. Are you getting this? You've got to take onus for your pain. And most of our pain comes out of making bad decisions. I'm preaching up in this place. John chapter 11, the story of Lazarus. Let's synopsize this for the sake of time. Mary, Martha, sisters. Lazarus supposedly was Jesus' best friend. They sent a messenger to Jesus saying, your, 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 your friend, your close friend is sick. Jesus goes in the opposite direction. There's a delay. There's a difficulty. Finally, he comes into Bethany, and there's a sense of defeat with the sisters. 
And here's what they said when they seen Jesus. Lord, if you just had been here, pain, my brother would have never died. They are blaming Jesus for his death. Are you getting this? Now, they didn't have a problem with his person. They knew he was the son of God. They didn't have a problem with his power because Mary and Martha said, we know that even now God will answer your prayer. They had a problem with his providence and his purposes. Providence says that God is the one that establishes all of the particulars of your life. Some of us don't like how our lives panned out. Yeah. Joseph went to the pit, from the pit to the palace in Genesis. Job had to go through pure hell. Can I get a witness? Abraham had to be willing to give up his only son to death. God determines the platforms, don't he? It's called the providence of Almighty God. I never wanted to be a pastor. I wanted to be a baseball player. I wanted to be other things. I didn't want to be a pastor. Who controlled me being a pastor? He did. Well, wait a minute. Did he twist your arm to get in the pulpit? No. All he did was made an arrangement with my will. And when he made an arrangement with my will, I was willing to obey him. Y'all ain't got, you, you get this one on the way home. God is so deep and wise, he can get in your car and sit right beside you and he can negotiate about your will. And he can make your will his will without your will knowing it was his will. He can will onto you his will and you'll never identify that it was his will that overruled your will and put you in his will so he could get the glory I'm preaching up in this place. Can I get a witness? That's how deep God is. God doesn't have to interrogate you and force you against what you don't want to do. All God's got to do is kaleo. All he's got to do is call you and you're going to come, tell you and you're going to do Amen. Encourage you and you won't praise him. And and if you're not careful, you'll end up doing what you didn't want to do. Now you want to do it. Can I get a witness? Now unto him who's able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all. So the Lord can say, look, I want you to go to Africa and start a church. I'm not going to Africa. My name ain't Tarzan. (laughs) So the Lord can say, well, you know what? I'll just keep negotiating about Africa. And one Sunday, I'll come running up the aisle saying, Africa. (laughs) Africa. China, Japan. (laughs) Mars, Venus. Wherever he leads me, I will follow. 
Lord, if he had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know whatever you ask God, he'll do it. Their pain, listen, their pain made them doubtful of the certainty of saving their brother. Now let me tell you how deep Jesus is. So Martha said, well, Lord, Jesus says, Lazarus will live again. So the sister said, oh, we know he's going to live again in the general resurrection. Jesus said, I am the resurrection. What you two missed about my person is that the resurrection is not just a promise. It's a promise from a person who has the power to pull it off. Can I get a witness? You'll get this going home. So Jesus says, where have you laid him? And, and, then, and then they say, well, he's in the grave. And then by, by this time, he stinks. And, isn't it amazing how we always want to inform God of the obstacles? Isn't it, isn't it always amazing how we want to tell God the reason you can't do this is because this thing is too far gone? Can I get a witness? And Jesus said, move away the stone, the stone of your doubt. Move it away. Where have you laid him? And then the Bible says that Jesus began to initiate his power, his person, his paraclete. He said, Lazarus, come on out there, boy. I heard one preacher say, Lazarus was dead. Lazarus was a, a, a amen. Lazarus was dead in the grave. Can I get a witness? Let, let the brother, let the brother. That Lazarus was dead in the grave. And the Bible says that uh, Rigamosis had set in, and, 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 and listen, we know that, amen, all of those decom decompositions had set in. And before Jesus could call Lazarus, he had to give a command. Come on now. He had to give a command to diseases to reverse themselves. Can I get a witness? He had to call his soul back from Sheol yes, to get back in the body. Yes, sir. Can I get a witness? He said, Lazarus, I don't want Nahum, I don't want Jeremiah, I don't want Ezekiel, I want Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. And the, the Bible says Lazarus got up like a mummy. And then he said, loose him. Don't you know even after you get saved, the Lord's got to loose you. Don't you know he's got to unwind the grave clothes? Don't you know he's got to take off the old habits and take off the old words and take off the old thoughts? And can I get a witness? That's why salvation is in stages. You get saved instantaneously, but you don't get sanctified until a process takes place. God's got to unwind this stuff. He's got to reverse this stuff. He's got to renew this stuff. Can I get a witness? I'm preaching up in this place, child of God. But your pain can block the promises. Look at this. My pain. My pain. I cannot allow my perception nor my pain to interfere with what God wants to do in my life. Can I get a witness? And child of God, when you and I understand why we are so doubtful. And we didn't get this way when we joined St. Matthews. 
you've been doubtful all your life. Because you don't like yourself. You got a bad perception inside of you. Yeah. You have pain inside of you. And it keeps interfering with you being steadfast and unmovable and always abounding in the work of the Lord. Can I get a witness? But look at the final thing. A doubtful spirit is not only skepticism from a faulty perception and, yeah, separation from a fragmented pain, but it's a substitute for God's power. Here's where we become doubtful because at the end of the day, your freedom, your fruit, your future is in the hands of him. Can I get a witness? I'm tired of people giving everybody credit but him. He is the reason you graduated college. He is the reason you got a good job. He is the reason you got a new home. He is the reason you got a nice car. He is the reason you passed your IQ test. He, he is the reason. Can I get a witness? And when you give him all the praise, he just keeps pulling you up. Can I get a witness? Because promotion comes not from the east, nor does promotion come from the west, nor does promotion come from the south. Promotion comes from the Lord. Doesn't it come from the Lord? Promotion takes power. And when Paul, don't turn Acts 24, Paul the apostle was being transferred as a prisoner from Felix to Festus to King Agrippa. Finally, he said, I need to go to Caesar. I'm a Roman citizen. And on his way to Caesar in chapter 24 and chapter 27, a storm broke out. And God told Paul, here's the wisdom. Warn the people on the ship. The ship will be destroyed, but they're going to be all right. And the willpower is to take heart. Don't doubt. Don't be afraid. And in spite of the storm, I'm going to deliver you. Can I get a witness? See, child of God, the reason we so messed up is because we keep getting the power source confused. Not by might, nor by power. My power, but by his wisdom. Can I get a witness? That's why one of my favorite verses is in Isaiah chapter 40, where God, through Isaiah, asked some rhetorical questions. And the word rhetorical means you need not answer. It's automatic. He said, have you not known? Have you not heard that power belongs to God? Doesn't power belong to God? Ex nihilo, he threw, out the Mickey, he threw out the Milky Way. Can I get a witness? He spoke the word. He spoke things into existence out of nothing into something. Can I get a witness? A uh, uh, child of God, uh, uh, power belongs to the Lord. He called him the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth, who never faints nor becomes weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak, to those who have no might. He increases their strength. Even the youths who lift weights shall faint 
and become weary. Young men shall utterly fall. I like what Isaiah said. When you're going through pure hell and you don't know what to do, I dare you to take a seat. But they, I'm coming in, Kent, that wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. He'll mount them up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not get weary. I said they'll walk and not faint. Can I get a witness? Well, I got a perception problem. I got a pain problem. But many of us got a power problem. We think it's us that's got to pull this thing off. It's not us. It's him. Now unto him. It's him that has the power. He had so much power that he took off his robe, laid down his diadem, said, prepare me a body, came through 42 burden generations, wrapped himself in flesh, came in a makeshift delivery room. While cows and sheep stared at him, he burst into time. In that power, lived 33 long years. Can I get a witness? As the hypostatic union, they ran him from judgment hall to judgment hall. Can I get a witness? He didn't mumble a single word. Can I get a witness? Then they led him to Golgotha. They made him carry a heavy cross up a hill called Calvary. You remember Calvary? Because we were around the cross. Can I get a witness? They nailed him to a cross from 9 o'clock in the morning to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Then he dropped his head in the locks of his shoulders after mumbling seven words. Can I get a witness? They took his body down from the cross. They wrapped him up and put him in a bar tomb. But early, 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 Sunday morning, he got up. All power, all power, all power. Say it, say it, say it. What a mighty God we serve. He's worthy. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. I don't need no perception. I don't need no pain. I don't need no power. He's worthy. And he can stop a doubting spirit. By moving your perceptions, moving your pain, and moving out the way your power, and it's all on him. Don't you want everything on him? Don't you want your future on him? Don't you want your victory on him? Don't you want your shout on him? Don't you want everything on him? Any worthy? Any worthy? be praised. Let's stand on our feet this morning. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, nobody's walking. Everybody stand on your feet, please. Bow your head. If you were to die right now, if you're not absolutely positively sure that you would be in Jesus' heaven, put your hand in the air right now. You're not sure that you would be in heaven right now. Put your hand in the air. 
Don't lie. Put your hand up in there. Put it in there. Come on. Put it in there. Leave it up. Leave it up. Absolutely, positively sure. If you died, drop dead in that seat right now. You're not, you don't know if you'll be in heaven. Just put your hand up. If your hand is up, come on up here. I want to get, lead you to Christ. Come on, come on. Come on up here. Come on, brother. Come on, come on. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. Come on. Praise Jesus. Come on up. Come on. Right here. Right here. Come on. Move this way. Come on. Come on. Come on. Some of y'all going to hell because you're too prideful. Right now. Thank you, my brother. Come on, baby. That's it. Thank you, darling. Come on. Come on out of them seats. If you're not saved, if you don't know, if you're going to heaven, come on out right now. In the name of Jesus. Step out. Step out. I've been where you are. Come on. Come, come on out. Come on out. Come on out. If you want to be saved. If you want to be saved. Come on out. Is there another? Is there another? Or you want to join the church in Christian experience? I want you to step out right now. In the name of Jesus. Three things of a doubting spirit. Faulty perception. Some of y'all got a faulty perception of church. This is not a concert. Can I get a witness? Earth, wind, and fire is not in here. New birth is not in here. New birth is in here through Jesus. Can I get a witness? You must be born again. Hallelujah. Listen, if you don't have a church home, raise your hand. If you don't have a church home, raise your hand. Out there, you don't have a church home. Brother, can I get you to join us? We're not perfect, but we are forgiven. Come on, brother. This is the best, best church in the tri-state area. Come on, brother. You want to come? All right. Is there another? Is there another? Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Thank you, baby. When we get finished, you be in heaven. You hear me? Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Give me a Amen. Love you guys. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Oh, she crying. Look at oh, oh Lord. It's all right, baby. It's all right. Follow the minister, please. Praise the name of Jesus. Follow the minister. Thank you. Come on. Come on. Praise God. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Discipleship, the meal, the classes, the meal in the gym. Father, bless the food about to receive for nourishment of the minds and bodies. Bless our visitors. Amen. All you guys going to stay with us and eat? You, you guys going to stay with us and eat?